Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Into it's officially becoming like fall, and everyone who's going to the pumpkin patches. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. Two people. Wow. Y'all need to get out. You got to go to the pumpkin patch. It's super fun. Okay. Um, and then we're thinking there's this idea of harvest, right? There's all the fruits and the pumpkins and the squash and all the other things that apparently are fruits. Um, and so there, this is a time of harvest or all this stuff. So I felt the Lord put on my heart to talk about abundance, abundance. Everyone say abundance abundance, right? I believe that is God's heart that we would abound in every area of our life. And so the problem is, I think there's been a lot of misrepresentation of it maybe. And so growing up as a Christian, I had this weird thing that if anyone said you were meant to prosper or abound or do well in life, I was like, oh, weird gospel. Don't do that. No, suffering, right? It was like this weird thought I had. And so I was totally against it. But then when I learned God's heart as a good father, what father says, oh, I really hope my kids don't do well in life, you know, and I know every father's like, I want my kids to go further than I do even, you know, and so that's why Jesus said you would do even greater miracles than he would do. That sounds blasphemous, but it came out of his mouth, so I'm forced to believe it, right, because the heart of the father says, I want my kids to take it further, right, and so it's the heart, the loving heart of, of God to do that, and so, but first off, I want to share a quick story. When I moved back here, I used to live in Hawaii, aloha, my, I have a family members still out there, uh, I moved, I lived there for a while, and I moved back here, uh, and everything I owned fit in a duffel bag. Everything I owned fit in a duffel bag, okay? I thought I was doing pretty well. I had a duffel bag of stuff. That was pretty good, right? And so I came back, and I moved here. I had a friend who said, hey, you can move in for like 200 bucks, and I'm like, great, that's like all I got, so I just paid him 200 bucks, and I was like, I have exactly one month to find a job, <laughs> right, and, and so, but basically, I was with my friend, I remember I had like 10 bucks going to the grocery store, and I was like, I need food, so I'm just going to see how far I can take this thing, right, and there was a deal, I didn't even care for it, but there was a deal that was 100 tortillas for a couple dollars, and I immediately was like, sold, I don't even know what I'm going to make with that, but 100 of any item of food for like nothing, sold. I'll find it. I'll find a way, right? So for a long time, I just ate tortillas, right? So, because I was, I was like real poor. I was like poor, poor, right? And I had like, um, I had enough money to buy beans. So I got beans and tortillas. I didn't, cheese is expensive, man. And so I didn't have enough money for cheese or meat, but I had enough money for macaroni and cheese. And I said, hey, close enough. So almost every day I had mac and cheese and bean burritos. <laughs> almost every day, right? And, and I found out years down the road that food stamps was a thing. And I was like, I could have used that, man. You know, right? Dang it, right? But I didn't back then because I didn't even know it was real. I didn't know what it was, okay? And so basically, I'm eating all this stuff and my roommate and I were like, you know what? We have a good father. We have a good dad. We should ask him for what we need, you know? Nothing, like just the, you know, luxurious stuff like beds, food, you know, all that like really awesome stuff, right? But we wrote a whole list and we wrote down, we literally named the list, thank you God for, was the name of the list. Thank you, God, for. And then we just like, let's just write everything, everything on there that we would want, right? First it was food, and then it was jobs, and then it was a cars, you know? And then my friend was like, put girlfriend on there, put girlfriend on there, right? So we put girlfriend, he's married now, he's happily married, so it worked, right? No, but we wrote, uh, then we started getting real crazy. We wrote TV, oh yeah, video games, oh, that would, that would be cool, right? Chair, 
desk, dresser, clothes, right? We like, we put it all on there, right? And then every day we would look at the list and we'd say, thank you, God, for a TV. Thank you, God, for food. (laughs) Thank you, God, for a job. Lord, I need a job. Thank you, God, for a car. Thank you, God, for, and we'd go through this list and we would just say, thank you, God, for this. And then what was crazy, I don't know if I even really believed it it would work, but I just started saying it in faith. And then all of a sudden, literally, this wasn't over a long period of time, within like a week or two, every single thing on the list started to get checked off one by one. And someone would call us and be like, hey, do you need a microwave? We're like, yes, that was on our list. And they take it. Someone else called, do you need beds? Yes, totally. And it became a joke where every single day we were walking to the house from the place we were renting, carrying furniture. And we had a room that was like 10 feet by 10 feet, maybe. It was like super small. And we were packing all this furniture into the room, right? And they were like, this is insane. Like it became a, this crazy thing where they asked us, what's on your list? Like, I want to know what's coming next. Because there was such, it was this season of God stepping in in abundance and giving his kids everything they need and could ask for as a good dad, right? And this is crazy. We're even like, God, Christmas is coming. <laughs> we want Christmas stuff. And then one day, I came home from work, I opened the door, and our 10-foot room that now had beds and dressers, so there was like maybe four feet of like standing room, it was enough to get in and like shut the door and then lay down on the bed. Like that's enough room there was. I opened the door, and right where the door ends, there's a six-foot-tall Christmas tree in our room. And then also my roommate peeks out from behind it, and he's like, don't be mad. <laughs> and, I, and I looked up, and I was like, this is the best thing you've ever done, right? So then we took everything. We didn't have ornaments, so we just literally, we hung controllers from it. I put like a Dr. Seuss hat on top and sunglasses. We would hang our keys on it every day, right? We would like, this is like whatever we could do for ornaments, like tie a shoe, the thing like you throw it on the wire, you know, but hanging down from the tree, right? It was the best Christmas tree I've ever had. And we, oh, we had Mickey Mouse gloves we put on the tree. Yeah, it was great. So anyway, Anyway, it was a season where God really taught me that he wanted to provide for me. Even the stupid stuff, like a Christmas tree. He, it didn't have to be crazy spiritual. The most spiritual thing was that he was a loving dad and he wanted to give his kid a Christmas present. And it was a season when God began to teach me about abundance. A man who was totally okay living in lack. And he began to change me and teach me about abundance. And so we're going to go after that tonight. You see, guys, if you have a mentality that says, well, earth doesn't really matter. Uh, I, I just care about the afterlife. I care about getting to heaven, and that's kind of it. Then abundance really doesn't mean much to you. In fact, it's actually considered a hindrance in a lot of ways. And people will talk about this. They'll say, no, all the stuff and the materials, and it's just a hindrance and all that stuff, right? And I get that. And that is true if you really believe that, like, I'm meant to just kind of make it through life and then go to heaven is the goal. And this is why most Christians, we become so obsessed with the afterlife that we actually forget our purpose here. Many Christians think that the goal is just to have a good life and then die and then go to heaven. And many Christians don't realize that they have a reason, a purpose here, that they are meant to influence the earth. They're meant to change this place, shift it, and bring a mark on the earth for eternity and spread Jesus throughout here, right? If the goal is just to get to heaven, Jesus would just come down and take everyone to heaven. But he lived to show how to impact the earth. That was, that was his goal all along, right? In, in Sunday school, we sang this, this cheesy song, the I'm in the Lord's army. Yeah. 
yes, sir. You guys remember that? Did anyone sing that? I'm in Lord's army, yes, sir, right? And that's true. Do you believe it? Do you actually believe it? Because if you believe that you're in the Lord's army and you believe that this earth is fallen, then really you believe everything fell in the garden, but we're in the Lord's army, then really you should have this mentality of I am a soldier stuck behind enemy lines, right? And then you have a choice now to go on the defense, to, to bunker, find a bunker, get a tree, right? And just live life. Whoa. <laughs> okay. To live life, right? To, to live life and to just try to hang in there until hopefully Jesus comes back or maybe I die. Right? And that becomes our Christianity. Just try to have a good life and then all, oh, it'll be good when I get to heaven. Right? And no, the other choice is that you realize that you are the soldier in the enemy territory and that you are meant, designed, have a purpose to take enemy ground, expand the boundaries of the kingdom, bring your country, the kingdom, to bring it here into this area. If you believe that God has a purpose for you here on this earth before you die, if you believe that God has destined you for this time, then abundance is actually incredibly important. Why? Because if, if you're a soldier, you're in the military, thank you for serving. Love you. <laughs> you're in the military. If you're a soldier behind enemy lines, holding the ground, and you're faithful to endure hardship, loss, crossfire, right, all this stuff, you've humbled yourself, you're like, I'm gonna stay here because the command says I have to do this, I have to hold down this line, right? When the reinforcements come, the supplies come from your nation representing your country, you don't go like, nah, take it away, I don't want it. No, you're like, oh, thank Jesus, <laughs> right? Thank you, God, right? An abundance from my nation has come. I get food, maybe a shower, whatever it is, right? And, that's like huge. You, your reward for fully fighting, for holding the ground, for being a soldier in the enemy ground until the reinforcement come, your reward is an abundance of whatever that nation carries. Wow. Right? And they're coming in with supplies. They're coming in with reinforcements. And, and this, they, they're actually going to come in and they'll probably just be like, I, I've seen this in different mood. I mean, maybe you can tell me it's true. I don't know. But like different movies, a guy will do something crazy amazing and then he'll kind of get, you'll get promoted, right? You know, and then he teaches other people how they, you know, how they did it and all this kind of stuff, right? So you actually then get rewarded with these war medals for what you fought for, for what you fought to hold. You actually get acknowledged and rewarded for it and you're considered a hero, right? It would be insane, stupid, foolish to say, no, 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 I can, I can hold the ground. I don't, I... Don't reward me with supplies. Don't reward me with reinforcements. No, 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 that, no. I'm not meant to have any of that. Just, you know, give it, give it, give it actually, that's the enemy's stuff. Give it to them. No. That, it would be foolish to not want success in war, right? No, like, you don't go to the war and be like, oh, man, I really hope we don't win this. Like, no. <laughs> no, Right? And we don't have a problem with this in the natural. Why do we have an issue with this in our faith, in our lives, when we are at war for the kingdom of God? It's, it's probably because we really don't believe we're at war. And we're just really comfortable, right? 
It's probably because we don't think we are worth being reinforced. It's probably because we're not worthy to have influence over other people is what we think. Or maybe it's because we're actually too prideful to let God raise us up. And we say, no, 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 my opinion of me being low is better than your opinion of me influencing people. Giving an abundance to the right side in the war will shift the battles. The, war, the, the side that has an abundance of resources and, and influence in the world, there's a good chance they're going to win the war. Abundance is God's strategic plan for us on earth to expand his kingdom, just like in a war. To spread the kingdom of God, to advance into enemy territory, to take the wealth of the enemy and use it for the kingdom of God, to take the influence of the enemy, right? And to use that place of influence to pull people to Jesus. Abundance is a weapon of God to expand his kingdom. It really is. And an abundant mindset and lifestyle is to expect that your life is carrying the supplies and the reinforcements and the influence to advance the war in the kingdom of God here on earth. To have a mindset that says abundance comes with me because I'm a Christian is to say that I bring in the reinforcements of heaven wherever I go. To not believe that you're meant to have an emotional, physical, spiritual harvest of abundance until maybe when I die and go to heaven is to not believe the kingdom of God should show up in your life. Because where does the kingdom of God show up and not bring some level of healing of life? Jesus never walked in and brought death. He always brought it, walked in and brought life, abundant life. Right? And so to say I'm not meant to have abundance in that area is to say I don't think Jesus is meant to walk into that area of my life. Because God's kingdom has abundance, an abundance of joy, an abundance of provision, abundance of hope, of love, of health. This is heaven. This is the kingdom of God. Whatever area I'm not seeking an abundant lifestyle in, is an area I'm not seeking the full kingdom of God in. And so I want to, and I'm going to go later, I'm not talking about money. Like, that, that can be included. But if your mind only jumps to money, come on. We got we to gotta grow past that. You can have all the riches of the world and be severely depressed. That is not abundance. Right? Right? It's not. You, you, can, you can have all that, but all your relationships are destroyed. That's not abundance. So don't think money... Think the harvest of God in every area of your life. Abundance is this Hebrew word, yathar. Everyone say, yathar. Yathar. It means to be left over, to remain, and it means to exceed bounds. When, when the boundaries of the enemy have just been exceeded, meaning the kingdom, it means the kingdom is abounding. That, that the expansive abundance of one boundary means the decrease of another. So if God is abounding in your life, that means Satan is getting pushed back in your life. Does this make sense? And so the boundaries of depression are pushed aside, meaning that joy is abounding, right? That if I'm a soldier, wherever I go, I expand the boundaries of my kingdom, which means wherever I go, I push back depression, and I abound and I bring joy into that area. This is abundance. 
hatred, racism, injustice, these boundaries, right, of the enemy, when they've been broken, when they've been exceeded and crossed by us, right, we push that. There's an abounding, an abundance of the love of God. Where I go, that stuff has to fall because I represent a kingdom and I bring in the reinforcements of that kingdom of love. Does this make sense? Poverty, starvation, lack of provision, lack of money, fear of not having enough. If I'm a soldier enforcing the boundaries of my kingdom, where I go, these boundaries have to be pushed back. And the wealth of the kingdom of God has to abound. So yet, though it's not only money, like I said, it's all the other thing, it does include it. Sometimes we can go the other way where we just say, I can abound in all of this, but I'm not asking Jesus to come into my money. But if he is Lord of your money, why do you think your money should be failing? If he is Lord and he is stewarding your finances, right? Well, then why do we like, we're, we get weird when people have tons of money and wealth. <laughs> it's like, well, wait, but that means Jesus was doing a good job. Like, what? <laughs> like, it's backwards. We get, we get so weird about it, right? Okay, so do you see this? That, that when you hear... When you hear of abundance, what, what does your mind jump to? What does your heart jump to? It should jump to Jesus. It should jump to the kingdom of God coming in that area. Uh, like I said, it's, it's been this like harvest season, pumpkins, right? All that kind of stuff, right? Uh, no one plants seeds, waters them, grows them, and then is angry when the fruit comes, right? And denies it, rejects it. Like, oh, those pumpkins, they came out of nowhere. I was totally okay with like the healthy green plant. And then this pumpkin came out of nowhere. All right? No, no mature person is going to walk into a pumpkin patch filled with like fruit, right, of the pumpkins. And just be like, oh, there's so many pumpkins everywhere. This pumpkin farmer. It sickens me how many pumpkins he has. There are people in this world who don't have pumpkins. And you got like a million of them. You're so selfish. You call yourself a Christian and you have so many pumpkins. It's ridiculous, right? No, like, no, that, that like, right? None of us would do that. You're so selfish for having all those pumpkins. No, 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 no one's going to say that, right? Because they know the farmer, he was seeding, he was planting, he was tilling the ground, he was watering, he's protecting the seeds faithfully for months after months after months, and his reward of the fruit is finally here, right? And not only are we not sickened by it, we are actually drawn to it. We actually want to go see what happened. How did he do this? Oh, this pumpkin's huge, right? We actually get blessed because of his faithfulness and because of his reward, because of the fruit of it. We actually are the ones who end up getting blessed, right? And yet, for some weird reason, when Christians work and faithfully steward the resources and steward their finances and steward their influence, their congregation, their job, and they plant and they till through hardship for year after year after year, and then when the harvest comes and the church has grown, they say, all you care about is numbers. And, and then when, when the stage comes and the influence of the pastor is reaching thousands, they just say, all he cares about is the limelight. Right? And then when the finances come and there's a blessing in your life, people are like, oh man, come on. There's people in the world who don't have money. What are you doing? 
And we get so weird about it. Right? Am I the only one who's ever noticed that people get really weird about it? <laughs> right? No, we are weird, right? And, and so why? It should be the same thing. That, no, no, what if God raises up people? What if he raises up these faithful people to make a difference and bless the world around them? Genesis 12, 2 says, I will make you a great nation. He's talking to Abraham. He says, and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. The main reason God wants to bless you is so that you can become a blessing to the world around you, right? That you were meant to abound emotionally so that the nations would come to you and say, how come you're so joyful? And then you can say, well, Jesus, I'm abounding in it. You're meant to abound in health so that when people come to you, you can point them to the healing God. You were meant to abound spiritually so that people come to you, they can encounter God. You were meant to abound even financially so that when people come to you, you can say, dude, it's God. You want what I got in my life? You need Jesus. That's the only explanation, right? If you do not believe you're meant to abound in an area of your life, then you do not believe God wants to use that area of life to impact the kingdom. If you don't believe in the reward, believe in the coming fruit, then really you're not gonna believe in the seed you're not, like, you're gonna, you're gonna be like, why, why, am I, why am I planting these seeds? And if for some reason we throw it, throw it, throw it, we're good at following the command and being faithful, but then we get weird when the reward comes and the fruit comes, right? Second Corinthians 9a says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. The reward was never meant to you, for you just to like retire that like wasn't a Bible thing. Moses went to, he was like 120 and literally God had to take him, you know? Like the reward was never meant just to make you retire and get happy and sit on your abundance. No, it was actually meant to get you to actually work even harder and bless more people and take the kingdom of God and the supplies of God even further into the world. John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. And I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So look, what area of your life do you feel like is not full? That's where you need Jesus to come and bring in abundance. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Christians are meant to overflow with an emotional abundance of hope and joy, right? So how, how do we take steps towards living an abundant life and abundant mindset? Are you guys doing okay? Yeah. You guys all right? Yeah? Okay, cool. So I'm just going to try to go quick through these. Point one, you have to believe it's for you. If you don't believe it's for you, then like, what's the point? So we have this weird thing where we believe everyone else is meant to prosper, but not us. All of it. God wants to abound in my life in every single way. He's Lord of all. He can steward all of it. Why do I think he's, my life's going to look bad if I'm letting him steward it? He wants, to be, he wants me to be a testimony of his health, of his provision, of him saving others, of him healing others. He wants to use my life. My life's not for me. It is for him. And I would never want God to have something that's lacking. I'd want to give God an abundance. So if I'm giving him my life, then I should assume that abundance should flow out of it because then I can give God even more. Hebrews 11.6, it says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Well, so often we stop here. You hear that phrase all the time. It's impossible to please God without faith. 
It is impossible to please God without, and then if you don't have faith, you're like, dang it, God's mad at me. I'm not pleasing him. Right. So, but there's a second part of the verse, and it says, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. If you want God to be pleased with you, you have to believe he wants to reward you. That's not me. That's just in the Bible. That's just literally what he said. Literally, he put it right up there with believing he's real. He's like, if you want me to be happy with your life, two things, believe I'm real. That's a good start. And believe I want to reward you where you seek me. That's huge. So to say like, I don't think God's going to reward me in this area, that doesn't please God. It's the opposite of what he just said. Philippians 4.19 says, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. If you believe that God is not going to meet your needs, you don't believe Jesus has riches. Because he says, according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Point two is this, you got to ask for it. That sounds weird. It sounds really weird. Just, and it feels uncomfortable. Just like my list that said, thank you God for, can I write TV? I don't know. Like, right? Is that okay? Am I being weird? I don't know, right? You have to ask for it. Ephesians 3.20 says, now him who's able, he's already able to, if he's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, abundantly more than we ask or think. God gets the glory by pouring out what you've asked for. Actually gets glory by exceeding what you've asked for. So if you're asking God, I just need money for rent, he can be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I can give you money for rent. But if you're like, God, I want rent money and money to support a missionary. I want extra money so that I can pour it into your kingdom. He's like, there we go. Now I can give you more. James 4 Starting in verse two, he says, you desire and you do not have, so you murder. That's crazy. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. When you ask for yourself and you're like, God, I want money for me, so my life's awesome, right? He's kind of like, if I gave you that money, you'd probably ruin your life. (laughs) right? If I gave you that million dollars you want, you don't have the character to hold it. You'll probably ruin your life, right? So I love you. So I'm not going to right now. Let's try like the $2 allowance. And then when you're faithful, we'll go to $3 allowance, right? Right? Like we'll do that, right? Give a million dollars to a two-year-old. It's not going to be good, right? So, but when he says the opposite though, is that if you do have right heart behind it, right passion behind it, He's saying the only reason left that you don't have is because you haven't asked for it. When, when you ask God, and you're like, God, I want more so I can give to the poor. Would you use my life, God, to send missionaries into the field? Then he's like, yes, I can trust him with more money because he's going to give it away. He can use it rightly. This leads into the third point. Be generous. Be generous. If you want to have an abundant life, you got to be generous. Whatever area that you're in lack in and don't see an abundance in, give that area and God will give it back to you even more. 
Luke 6, 38 says, give and it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Generosity is the weapon God uses to break the spirit of poverty. A spirit of poverty in your life, you want to get rid of it, you're afraid of lack, you're afraid of the stuff, poverty just seems to be upon you. The only way to break it is be generous. Be generous. If you have a lack of finances and you want more in your life, start giving money away. Seriously, that's what I've done. When I needed God the most, I just gave a bunch of money away. <laughs> One is tithe. God just straight up says, that's not me, that's in your Bible. God just straight up says that, hey, if you tithe, watch how I will overflow in your life. So one is give to God. Two, give an offering above that. If you're like, dude, I'm so scared to let go of this money, then maybe it should be an offering, which is a sacrifice on the altar, right? (laughs) Like it wasn't an offering unless it was a sacrifice, right? So I'm sacrificing this money. I'm giving it to God to break that thing over my life. Uh, my goal, so I tithe my 10%, right? But I also, my goal is try to get up to where another 10% is giving away. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm really close. And I just tell you that as a goal of mine, because I just want to be generous, right? It's not when I get money, then I'll be generous. No, no, no. Why would God trust me with more money if I'm already not generous, right? Maybe though, it's not just money. Maybe it's your time. Maybe you need to be generous and give your time serve or disciple someone or give out of your lack of time. Give. Maybe it's your emotions. You're discouraged. You're depressed. You need encouragement. How do you get it? Give encouragement. Give affirmation. Give friendship. So many people walk around and they're just like, oh, I just need someone to encourage me and it's all about me. And if they would just encourage others, God would give it back even more. Right? Food. I had, an, I had a weird issue with food where I basically, uh, I had a big poverty mindset where there was never enough food and I would get really weird if someone was like, can I have a bite of that? I'm like, get your own food. I'm like, no, <laughs> right? And I was really weird because I told you I was eating bean and mac and cheese burritos, okay? Like I didn't have food. And so when I finally got the food, that stuff that was still in me, so I was weird about it, right? And so I was like, no, this is mine. Like, and I get so annoyed, right? And so then God challenged me and I'm like, dang it. That was harder for me than money. So I started giving away food. I would make extra food so that I could give it to my roommate. You know, I would make extra food and be like, hey, you want this? You want this? Right? And I'd like give him, give him food until I could see the thing break. I'd see someone come over and take my salsa and just start eating without asking me. And inside I'm like, just take my money instead, not my food, right? And God has broken me of that and literally where I have to take it out of the fridge and I'll put it in the middle of the table and be like, yeah, guys, have as much as you want. <laughs> Just don't let me see it. Just have as much as you want, right? But I'm trying, I got to break that, that lie that I will not have enough food in my life because my God is an abund- abundant father and he will always give his kids enough food. Number four, and I'm going to end on this, is just be thankful. Be thankful. Thankfulness, like generosity, it's a weapon to destroy darkness and to build abundance in your life. Luke 6, 45 says, a good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Is your language filled with lack? That means there's a bunch of lack in your heart. Is your language filled with complaining? There's a bunch of complaint stuff in your heart. Is your language filled with offense? Your heart's filled with offense. Is your language constantly filled with how messed up the nation is? 
how messed up the government is, how messed up people are. If that's your language, there's a lot of anger and hatred in your heart. And God wants to deal with that because out of the abundance of the heart, it flows. Your language prophesies over your life, whether you like it or not. And you can never influence an area for God that has control over you or that you have a lack in. You can't influence an area for God that has a control on you or that you have a lack in, right? And so if you're overflowing this hatred, even for the government, you're never gonna influence the government because God cannot trust you with the government because you're just gonna hurt them and you're not gonna bring them to Jesus, right? If you're angry all the time and you're speaking out bad stuff about people, why would God trust you to influence it? Because God's heart will never reach them then. So I did this, is I thanked God. I remember, I was actually with John, we were camping and I woke up, God gave me a dream about President Obama, right? And, uh, and, and I, from that day forward, I started thanking God for him. I started praying for him, that he would have wisdom. And I thank God that he was the right man at the right time. He was the exact one anointed by God that this nation needed. He was the chosen one God used for this nation. And I blessed him and I prayed for him every day. And then President Trump got elected and he's on the opposite side of the spectrum. And what do I do? I thank God that he is the exact man that God chose for this season. I pray wisdom over him, blessing over him, encounter over him, that God would use him mightily, that God would, right? Same answer. And there's gonna be a future president elected and I already know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna thank God for him. I'm gonna pray a blessing over him. I'm gonna pray wisdom over him. I'm gonna, right? The exact same thing no matter what's going on because then maybe God will trust me to influence the government because I'm thankful for them and I speak life over them all the time. But if I just speak anger over them, why would God ever let me, lead me to them? Because he couldn't trust me. Thankfulness is a weapon. You won't influence something you can't thank God for. Do you have an abundance in your life? Thank God for it. Thank God for giving me joy. Thank God for giving me money. Thank God for giving me friends. Thank God for giving me hope and a future. Thank God for this job. Thank God that you have a spouse for me and every single day I'm getting one step closer, right? Thank God that my life has an abundance. And I don't see it now, but I will thank him until I see it. And I will sow seeds of thankfulness until the fruit bears. And then I will thank God that I see the fruit. This is an abundant mindset, an abundant lifestyle. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. James 4.10. We're really good at the humbling ourselves part. We get really weird when he chooses to exalt us, right? But maybe it's because he's finally, he's trusting you to bring supplies into that army to spread the kingdom of God. And you'd be going against God's will to say, no, 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 God, not me. Don't exalt me, God. Please exalt someone else. We get weird about it. That's what Moses did eight times. And every time God said, who made man's mouth? I chose you, now go. (laughs) All right. Hey, so we're going to go into small groups. We're about 15, 20 minutes, and we're going to talk through this because this is a kind of a weird, touchy spot for people. You want to see people manifest? Talk about prosperity and like abundance, and they get all weird, right? Because they don't believe they're worth it. And it's an identity issue. They don't believe God wants them to succeed. They don't believe God, which means they don't believe God wants to use them to expand the kingdom of God because God's kingdom never fails. 
right? So Lord, I ask that this would break in our hearts. I ask, God, um, that we would become a people with an abundant mindset, a mindset like Jesus. Jesus never walked into a situation and saw lack, but he saw an opportunity for abundance to come. And if we're meant to be like Jesus, then even if there's few pieces of bread and fish, we see abundance. Even if there's a storm, we see an opportunity for an abundance of peace. Even whatever's going on, we'll use it as an opportunity for you, the abundance of the kingdom of God to expand. Thank you. We're meant to be like Jesus, look like Jesus, think like Jesus. Jesus never once walked around with a poverty-lacking mindset, but always trusting you, God, the Father, to provide for all of our needs and abound in that area so much that there was more left over than they even began with. Would that be in our lives, God? Would you break this mindset in our hearts? And would you, would you uh, help us process this during the small group time? We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.